contribute, I think, to the strength of utilising uh, the personal passions, the particular strengths that we have. And I, I hope uh, just to share uh, from a school perspective some of the really practical ways in which we utilise special interests. Uh, we've got a model uh, that we're sort of going by now in terms of how we consider the implementation of special interests and I'll just share some examples from that. Um, so part of our aspect practice work in terms of sharing our evidence-informed practice nationally and internationally and uh, this certainly fits within our aspect comprehensive approach to education in terms of um, the way in which we best support our students at school. Now I remember uh, it was last year in about uh, September this came out a book called Savage Park. I'm not sure if anyone uh, here has, has read it by a, an American author, Amy Fusselman, and she was talking about her uh, journey over to Japan uh, to meet with some friends of the family and she was taking her children through Tokyo and she took them for uh, a walk to a park so they could play outside and her children who had been raised on uh, soft fall um, playgrounds and sort of plastic uh, climbing equipment and very very safe uh, spaces she walked into this park called Haniki Park and it was a place in which children were creating bonfires on, on the ground. Uh, they were nailing um, flying foxes and uh, a different sort of floating platforms around the place. They had saws. They had like a fourth, a, a four-year-old boy um, with a saw and going near the bonfire. And she's like, what on earth is, is this place? Where, where you, what's going on here? Who's regulating this? And her, her kids, um, didn't you know, wait to, to um, answer her, they just ran off and had an amazing time. And it was this um, portrayal of students who were really guiding their own sense of adventure and, and fun and exploring their own special interests, their passions, the way in which they combine against other students' interests within this really free and open and very dangerous space that um, the author Amy was intoxicated by the nature of the uh, sort of risk and danger associated with this. But one of the other questions that she asked is, this is fantastic, this, this is a wonderful thing to be able to provide situations for students to be free and to be able to explore uh, their own understanding of life and their own capacity to engage in their own interests. But what, what is the role uh, of schools? What's the role of, of parenting in somehow coming into this space and not crippling it uh, with you know, an over-regulatory approach, but rather to help students to really expand upon uh, what they're getting out of this experience. And I, I think that probably leads me to think about the sort of special interests, the way in which our students engage in this hopefully very free, very open exploration of what it is that they love in, in a way that's not overly regulated, but in a way that we can help to facilitate and to give the most light to for, for our students. I know um, our, our principal at school, Eliza, always talks about the nature of the edutainer and the role of being an edutainer in the classroom as someone who is really skilled at facilitating these special interests throughout the, the education space. And I'll think about a few of the things, I guess just two simple things really that we try and think of as criteria for what an edutainer does in the classroom to utilise special interests and I guess two things that they aren't afraid of doing. When we think about uh, the way in which our teachers can sit with students and learn about their personal interests so they're not the teacher who's too busy to, to pick up on that a student likes Pokemon and just thinks, well, that's just something that kids like, I'm going to go about doing whatever I do. They are the 
teacher who sits down and thinks, tell me, tell me more about Pokemon. What, what do you like about them? Tell me about Charmander and Pikachu and Squirtle. And let's get a bit of a sense of what it is that you really like about this, because I'm invested in giving you enough respect and enough time and, and enough understanding to get a sense of what it is that you're really interested in. And the other thing is that when you have that level of understanding and you've been able to sit with a student, tap into their world, what's the capacity for you to be able to recognise teachable moments across the school day that can pick up on uh, the particular topics that are being taught, the particular learning experiences in class, and thinking, my gosh, that would link so well with what this student loves. And there's something that I can see here that's complete synergy, let's make this happen. So this child has a really extraordinary learning experience out of this. There are two things that we feel that they are not afraid of, that the educator is not afraid to do. They're unafraid to allow a teachable moment to hold its duration. So they're not somebody who thinks as fun as it would be to engage a lesson on Skylanders and literacy and the wonderful discussions we're having. We need to cut it short because we won't get through maths and science and PE and everything else. Someone who's able to do this well thinks it is so much more valuable to stay with this and hold this moment for as long as possible so the student gains the maximum growth out of it. School is not a checklist of things that get done each day. And they're also unafraid to utilise special interests strategically in the classroom, which, which is what I'd like to share here. Um, I, I think this quote is actually from one of my favourite movies uh, called Adaptation, and there's a quote in it that the uh, author of the book that the movie was based on, uh, that she's talking about people and the sorts of interests that they like and the language they engage with them. And she said, you know, sometimes there are just too many ideas and things and people, there are too many directions to go, and I'm starting to believe that the reason it matters to care passionately about something is that it whittles the world down to a more manageable size. Now, I often think about that quote in relation um, to myself, but I think about it in terms of our students as well, in the way in which their own personal passions do whittle the world down to a much more manageable size and something that they can hold and understand. And I remember a couple of years ago, uh, I was uh, facilitating a movie social club uh, for young adults uh, on the autism spectrum. And it was when the Twilight movies first came out, and Stephanie Meyer was huge. And I can remember one of the teenage girls there, um, we, you know, she loved Twilight movies, she kept, um, we were making like a vampire-based movie on, on this, and, and she said to me, you know, if, if someone was to take away these Twilight books and didn't uh, give me the capacity to be able to have them and, and to read them at school or to have them at home, it would be like losing a limb. It would be like someone's cut off my legs, they've cut off my arms, my, my lungs wouldn't work anymore, she said. And she was extremely reflective upon you know, the sorts of challenges that she had at school, that she said, I, I feel like a school is a very socially overwhelming environment. I academically don't really sort of gel with what's going on and what things I do well, it's things that are extremely hard. I find life to be a very confusing proposition. I find it very difficult to navigate. This is my little compass in the world on a rocky sea where everything's just going haywire. If, if I need to have something, you know, I need to have something that does whittle the world down to this manageable size. I understand this, I know it, it gives me a sense of understanding and peace that nothing else does. And, and I thought, my gosh, you know, to think that that would mean, and she, she articulated it so well, to think that it would have that impact 
upon her and then to think about uh, going into a schooling situation that says, you know what, you, you can leave your Twilight books at, 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 at home because this is a maths class and they've got no place here, or you know, it's time for year, year nine, you leave those things at, at home. For her, she was very lucky that she had a schooling system and teachers and support that allowed her to engage with her interest at school and to not just shut the door and say, leave your Twilight books on the stoop and you can get them afterwards. There was a much more facilitatory process that I thought was very, very inspiring. Because I think it is about really sitting down with your children's interests and really trying to get into their space and, and understanding the impact of that. Now this is a model um, that we're utilising in terms of understanding the ways in which we can variously implement um, special interests across the sort of schooling uh, spaces that, that, that we work in. And there's three sort of core parts to this implementation. There's the utilisation of special interests as instruction articulation, and we'll go into more of what these are in a moment. The, the utilisation of special interests in the adaption of content to be taught in class, and there's the utilisation of special interests as a therapy association. So using special interests with a really explicit therapy goal. So for something like instruction articulation, we're really looking at the utilisation of special interests to help to provide a direction or an explanation for something in the classroom. So we're wanting to, to provide rules, we're wanting to provide structure, understanding, and the way in which we're going to do that, the, the language that we're going to speak is through the language of the special interests that our students have. So whether it is using a passion that they have, such as Minecraft, to generate uh, class rules, to help to explain what it is that we're going to be doing in following rules. Uh, this is a, a school tour that we've built that uses Minecraft to explore our school, uh, navigated by our school mascot, the Hunter Tiger. And this is something that the students can access to have a really nice um, interactive visual model of what it is to be at our school sorts of physical spaces that it engages. So it's using an interest that's very uh, very ubiquitous to a number of our students uh, to then explain what school is like and you can see our vegetable garden there, a little chicken, the playground, I won't, I won't show the whole thing. Um, and I guess it's things too like generating social stories that are utilising uh, the characters and the comics and the interests that our students have as well. So it's not being afraid to think we can you know, and I know this is something that people do with this, it's certainly a, a stake of special education to do this, but it's something that it keeps bringing us back to the idea of the benefits for students who really engage in this way to use their characters to explain uh, and to have that explicit uh, um, instruction there. The next utilisation of special interests is around content adaptation. So this is where you're looking at academic outcomes that students are engaging in in the classroom, the sort of scope and sequence that we've got set up around literacy, numeracy, science, the key learning areas, and thinking rather than just giving this to students in a one-size-fits-all, you have to complete the worksheet, you've, you've got to do the speech, how can we utilise the special interests that our students have to provide them a vehicle in which to adapt the curriculum that we're putting to them. So it's a genuine differentiation of teaching. It's a universal method of, of allowing our students to express the content through what it is that they love. Examples, uh, again, so in a science unit, students then need to generate a report on the water cycle. 
allowing our students to choose whatever it is that they're interested in, their passion, their special, their special interests. For example, um, I mean, as, as Anna mentioned, with Minecraft, they students being able to generate a 3D model inside of Minecraft that you know visually and functionally shows the way in which the water cycle happens. A much more, I think, uh, engaging way of understanding a process like that rather than just you know doing a report or doing a speech that the students' interest can elevate it in, in that way. I mean, this was something that uh, just had Anzac Day, of course, recently, and uh, this is a lesson where uh, students, we look at historical photos of Anzac Cove, allow students to use whatever they are interested in to um, re-explore and to re-understand this sort of side of history. Some students are bound again with Minecraft, will uh, take, they find a cove that looks very similar, they mould that to be like Anzac Cove, and then they use their iPad to overlay the historical photo with the Minecraft photo, so they're getting a different sense of what history is through what they, what, what, what it is that they love, they're motivated to do so, and they're able to generate some fantastically interesting results in this way. I mean, it doesn't have to all walk in through things like Minecraft. This is another one, a uh, work sample from the same lesson. Students going through historical photos. Uh, one of our lads who loves Lego and, and, and building uh, things in this way sets, uh, set up little scenes of, of the Lego characters trying to recreate those historical photos and then taking pictures to, to then have a comparison of, of the Lego-based one and the Anzac one. And again, it's not a revolutionary idea, but it is something that when it's done really well, it elevates, it really rises um, what sort of content the students are making there as linked with what it is that they're passionate about. This is always, always like this photo. I always think it's me in my natural habitat. Um, myself and my colleague Heath there, I think there's a, a little door prize for who can guess who's in which, which hat later. But we, I, I remember, um, this is actually something that uh, Dr. Clark shared uh, a couple of years ago, but I really enjoyed this article um, it came out in 2007 on the circumscribed interests in high-functioning individuals with autism spectrum disorders. And what it was was a study of the sorts of skills, the sorts of categories of interest and, um, and strength that individuals on the autism spectrum find. And I thought, I mean, when we talked about it as a staff, we thought it had so many interesting correlations with the things that our students were interested in. And, and just to per persist with the Minecraft theme a couple of moments longer, uh, one of the interests uh, that is a real core strength for individuals on the autism spectrum can be around facts and visual memory and learning. And when we looked at what our students were engaging in, in something like Minecraft, it was just really this collection of facts within a system that really utilised their visual memory. There were all these different blocks, they had different associations, there's a real visual way of understanding how they were all pieced together that you know, our students loved and just really naturally were, uh, were in, in tune with. Uh, and there's another strength within the study talked about with sensory behaviours and this sort of um, ordering of objects and seeking of sameness in a pattern-based way. And certainly something like Minecraft is, is a testament to that. Certainly Lego, of course other special interests that sort of follow that same mode. Um, the maths skills, there's a lot of that logical association inside of a game like Minecraft where you're adding this, you're adding this, you get a logical result that comes out of this. Classifying and ordering information. And I think about um, Pokemon, as I mentioned earlier, the chap who invented Pokemon, um, who works for Nintendo, he, uh, he's on the autism spectrum, and his, his strength, one of his really core gifts as a child, was to observe 
um, the, the bugs and worms, the little, little animals, little insects in the garden, and then he'd draw them and make little graphical you know, um, versions of those animals, and then eventually turn them into a Pokemon, and now yeah, he's constantly classifying them and ordering them into different little categories of species, and yeah, it, it, it's a really wonderful strength that finds its outlet in really interesting ways. Um, you know, and again, in Minecraft, you've got a lot of categorization and association there. Uh, I mean, just as, as a little link to follow up further, if, if that's of interest, there's an article on CNET a couple of weeks ago where they did a video interviewing some of our students, with some of our families, uh, around the utilization of Minecraft and the way in which our students are using that to do that content adaptation inside the classroom and to extend their learning through that. So I thought that might be just something to have a bit of a link to. And the final uh, category of the utilization of special interests that we implement is this real uh, therapy association where we've got particular core goals around the sort of core competency areas that our students have around um, social skills, around expressive and receptive language, around emotional regulation. There's really core components of autism and thinking. What's uh, an association that we can make here with a special interest that our student has and the goals that they're working towards here in these really functional um, ways. We know that uh, Pixar, for many of our students, and, you know, is, is a really huge um, source of pleasure and, so, and source of interest in terms of when new movies are coming out and the whole Pixar world. And, and I, I remember, um, it was about two years ago, I think, I was reading uh, an article about how there's a company about in Ireland who had created uh, this technology that sort of remixed Disney and Pixar movies to try and associate visualizations with language. It was used as, as a speech therapy tool in that it would play out little short segments of Pixar movies that these children were loving and it would associate it with a sentence or a functional expression of language and then you know, do it in a way that students were then acquiring the capacity to model and practice those expressive sentences in line with the, the movies that they, that they love. I mean, for us, we've certainly um, done similar things. We've, we've put together a course around uh, the in-movie Inside Out, uh, it's called Explore Your Emotions, that uses the um, characters from the Pixar movie Inside Out to um, work through emotional regulation and emotional understanding. Uh, if, if, if you do uh, have access to iTunes U, it's a free course that you can just subscribe to and get all of our learning activities and resources that we've generated from this uh, just by searching. I mean, you can search for Autism Spectrum Australia in iTunes U and, and it will bring, bring it up there. Um, but it, uh, so, I mean, this is just an, an example of what we do here. Uh, the Zones of Regulation program that we're a real fan of at our school in terms of you know, associating the zones uh, with particular colours, the way that we're feeling. When the Inside Out movie came out, it had such a lovely correlation with these zones in terms of visualising the sorts of emotions that are going on inside of our kids and for us to have a really concrete way of talking about sadness and joy and you know, anger and, and these emotions. So it's a real therapy association with uh, their interest in this way. We can look at the spectrum of feelings, the spectrum of emotions, the language associated there, and then connect that with the characters that they love. So there's a real direct engagement there. 
Um, we've got little books that we, we can read session with this. We do iPad activities where we uh, say take a graphic novel of Inside Out and then we can visually annotate over the top of the graphic novel uh, to say, well, let's find all the angry characters on this page. Let's find all the, um, you know, what's causing these people to be angry? What, what, what does that look like? What's that level of frustration in a very visual way? And then another, uh, not linked with Inside Out, but another program, uh, certainly that sort of that special interest therapy association is something like the Lego Social Club. I know we just had um, Claire and Janet earlier uh, do a lightning talk around the way in which they use Lego Social Club at our school that combines the passion, the interest that these students have and the strengths associated with using Lego but to build up social, emotional connections with, with um, their friends in that way. And uh, one, uh, 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 Liz um, had a have you done that yet? Is that tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I won't break the surprise. <laughs> One page profiles are fantastic. Homework grid uh, that we use as well, just as, as a final link there uh, around the utilisation of interest that our students have to then connect to home goals and therapy focus points at home. So using Pokemon to connect to cooking and ways in which you functionally would set the table at home, different things to do with family. So you're really making that link across home and school. I'm conscious that I've just hit time. But I'll just going to end on this uh, uh, as a brief thing that uh, I was thinking about this last night and thinking about um, special, special interest and sort of what I, I talk and end on. And one of the things I was thinking of was one of uh, a teacher who meant a lot to me when I was younger, Mr. Powell, uh, Jeff Powell. I never called him Jeff, always <laughs> Mr. And he, uh, he loved bush rangers and was a major fan of the uh, history of bush rangers in, in Australia. And he, so this was in my year four class, I was, I was with him, he filtered every sort of learning activity through his love of bush rangers. So if we were to do a speech, we'd dress up as a bush ranger and do it. If we were to do maths, we'd do how many uh, horses had the bush ranger stolen and when we were making we'd make movies and do all these wonderful things around bush rangers and then when i uh, started to, to to teach i i just instantly thought about doing exactly what mr powell did and we created these bush ranger movies with our students uh, I, I had no previous interest in bush rangers until i was indoctrinated by mr powell around bush rangers and and that what that led to uh, was then creating these really uh, these movies that the students generated their own interests and then filtered that into products that we could share uh, with, with, with others. So this was one of the things that we did quite a few years, years ago now. It was called Gamers 2, which was a movie that utilised um, the video games that our kids loved most. So at the time, Minecraft, when it had just come out, it was a massive hit. Uh, games like Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, there's a, a very strange Japanese arcade shooting game that one of our students just adored and um, they sort of dancing games and dance dance music and so we created a movie where our students could all uh, bring in their interest, generate scripts, create sets etc to make you know, movies that really could showcase their interest but also functionally use a range of skills in terms of making a movie and I was just looking through last night one of these um, photos, all these boys are let's say four, four years older now, they look completely different, but um, this, this, this was a shot inside a tunnel. It, I think it was, it's historically um, 
this is one of those stories that I'll get me in legal trouble for sharing publicly, but it's a, it's a historically um, preserved tunnel. It's got a lot of historical sentiment, and we went in there to film a Minecraft scene, and we had pickaxes, and, and I've got this very vivid memory of turning around and hearing a pickaxe just start to chip into the wall and start to chip away this 200-year-old line off the walls of the cave. I thought, that's, that's fantastic. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Um, so thank you very much. I hope that's been uh, an insight into the way in which we utilize special interest in the classroom and thanks very much for your time.